Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard dive into a topic that will challenge, encourage, and inspire you as you parent your teen. Let's listen in. If you're not interested in communicating better with your teen, then don't bother listening today. <laughs> How's that for a promo, Mark? Well, that's great communication there, Wayne. No, that's wonderful. Eight keys to better communication with your teen. That's right. You know what? The way kids communicate has changed. They speak more with their thumbs than they do with their mouth. Oh, I mean, boy. it just looks different. Yeah. And I think they do that because they're consumed with keeping up with everyone else because of the fragileness of their relationships. They're not really ignoring you, mom and dad. You've just been bumped to the side by a social structure that is demanding their every waking moment. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to stay in communication, then we're going to share some helpful hints, just things I've learned of of working with kids to keep you both talking and involved in each other's life. Let me guess, we can text our teen to communicate with them. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mark, you've given more than a little thought to this matter of communication. Just a little bit. You know, I think even growing up, I, I was thinking about it practically all my life. I can't remember one conversation with my dad that was truly a meaningful conversation. Really? I remember sitting down with my mom and talking all the time. She was the talker, but I don't remember it with my dad. And I think what that created in me was a longing to be able to talk to people, to engage and and to sit down and have conversation because I saw other people doing that, but I just didn't have that. Mm. And so so I, I learned that there's some ways to do that. And, and so when I started working with kids when I was 19, a year after I left home, I just said, I'm going to do it different. And so boy, it was a trial and error. And we learned some things that worked and we learned some things that didn't work. But it was always saying to myself, you know, why are we talking to kids anyway? And I think that's one of the questions that parents have always got to ask themselves. Why do you talk to your teen? What's the purpose of that? Is it for you to get value or is it to bring value to them? Is it to give them wisdom or is it just to hear yourself kind of mouthing off? I think that's an important question. And the second one is your discussion with your teen more about you or about them? Because I've found that a lot of conversations that I have with people, all you're doing is listening to them talk about themselves. Hmm. And and people love to just talk about themselves. Now that that's not a negative. I take it as an opportunity to kind of to kind of move into a child and go, okay, I will listen to what you have to say. But I think there's some things that you can learn to engage differently with your kids that will put you in a place that they will hear the wisdom and respect who you are and follow your 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 Uh, admonition, follow your encouragement, your exhortation because of the way that you engage with them. And so that's kind of the basis of what we're sharing today. Well, let's spend our time together talking about this then. What's the first uh, idea you have for us here, You know, the first thing is watch your parenting style. Uh, You know, there, there are three ways that are no longer effective. It's demanding perfection. If you're doing that all the time, you're gonna shut down your child. If you have an authoritarian approach, even though you've been given the authority to be a parent, Mm -hmm. the exercise of that just doesn't click with kids today. Or if you are being judgmental. And everybody knows how volatile judgmental mentalities are right now. 
leave it alone. Mm. Stay away from it. So anything that speaks of being judgmental, just leave it alone. Or start your statements and say, hey, I don't mean to be judgmental here, but can we talk about something? So any one or all three of those things really shut down communication. It does. Yeah, and, and I think any one is, is almost... Um, too much hmm. because kids just change. I, I I wish I could share my authority. I wish I can demand perfection. Why? Why I'd even quote the scripture that says, "Be ye perfect as your <laughs> heavenly Father is perfect." You know. No, no, no. But no. you can't do those no. things because kids don't look at life that way anymore. All right. So we're talking about these eight keys to better communication. That's number one. Watch your parenting style. Yeah. Number two would be this: quit correcting your kids all the time. Hmm. They get corrected everywhere. They live in an appearance and performance world, and and if all your child hears is constant correction, then they will tune you out in a heartbeat and won't listen to any of the wisdom that you have to offer. Keep a little log once in a while on a daily basis of how many times you correct them. That's right. That's right. And figure it out. And I mean, it takes four, um, you know, it takes four affirming statements to counter the negative statement. Now in your child's mind, now they may need to be corrected. There may be something wrong, but you have to remember that if you're to create a place of rest for your child... You can't keep correcting them every time they walk in the door. If you went to work and every day you walked in that front door of, of, of your job, you were corrected immediately. You would quit in Can a heartbeat. You imagine, wow. And that's what kids are doing. And so they're just walking away from it. In, a, in an appearance and performance world, your teen is constantly hearing that he won't measure up. And if you continue that message at home, he'll find someplace else to find rest. I wish we had a lot more time to talk about these, but let's run through these kind of quickly. What's what's another key? You know, the other key this would be spend more time listening than talking. When you listen to them first, they might want to listen to you later. And that's very simple. Here's This is the reason why older men grow big ears, <laughs> is because God wants older men to listen more. Listen more. That's right. Okay. I believe that. I always wonder about that. Okay. Well, now you got the Glad answer. to clear that up. <laughs> another key. Determine your discussions to be over a long period of time rather than just a quick conversation with a beginning and an end. I always leave conversations open. I always end conversations with kids and give them a question. Hey, think about this. I'd like to get together with you again. Think about this, and let's talk about it in a few days or the next time I see you. That's it. I And when we get back together, I don't have any answer for them. I don't have anything other than I just want to keep them thinking rather than always thinking that I have to fix everything in a conversation. You know, when a child says I'm really upset and trying to say and try to keep them from being upset, that's not my intent. My intent is to make a connection and go, man, I can see that. I'm sorry. You know, tell me what's going on. And that's it. I don't have to fix it. I just want to hear what they have to say. And sometimes all they have to do is share it and it's over with. And number five. Number five would be this, ask questions and toss the ball to them so they can reflect on other ideas that might stimulate them to think different. Don't answer everything for Good them. Good point. If you want to communicate, toss them the ball and let them carry the ball. The sixth thing would be this, keep the discussion about them and only share your opinion when asked. Oh, that's, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. But uh, scripture says this, a fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. Oh, boy. Just remember that. The seventh thing is this, every conversation doesn't have to have a lesson. You can just answer something without giving the lesson about where it came from, why it is. And the eighth thing is this, sometimes silence is the best response and the greatest answer. Even fools are thought to be wise if they keep silent.
We survive on the generosity of people. And as a nonprofit, Heartlight and Parenting Today's Teens exist to meet the needs of parents and teens in a broken world. And I don't have to tell you of all the platforms we've developed through the years to reach more and more people in need. So we count on folks like you to support our work. We help you and hopefully you can help us. And whether that's a monthly gift, a one-time gift, or donation of anything, we use it all to promote and expand the capacity of the ministry to parents and teens. The pandemic caused us to have to put on our creative caps to come up with ways to raise more funds. And out of that creativity came the VIP events, special events that would include fishing trips and special entertainment and getaway excursions and specialty dinners and unique opportunities. Two things happened from these events. We raised the much-needed funds for the ministry and we get to spend time with friends and donors and parents and alumni and others that have an interest in our life's work. To find out more about these events and how you can participate in these memorable opportunities, please visit heartlightvip.events. That's www.heartlightvip.events. We would love to see you at one of these special events, knowing that our time together is helping change the lives of families everywhere. All right, we heard these keys to better communication today. How do we put this into action? Well, the first thing is find time to put your own phone down. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we're so busy, you know, and then wait for others to follow suit. And if they don't, set some boundaries about appropriate times to be glued to your phone. You know, we're not going to change the nature of, of how kids communicate or the fact that we get attached to the phones that we deal with all the time. But you've got to have some perspective and say, okay, I've got to quit. And then the second thing is ask yourself this question. Do you get distracted from your teens because of your phone? <laughs> now you know, you've the, gone from preaching to meddling. That's right. The phone has just as much impact on us as it does on our kids. It does. Because the moment we see them and say, they're always on their phone. You know what kids say about their parents? They're always on their phone. They're always on their phone. And, and it's because we are. And so ask your teen this question. Do you get engrossed in your phone because no one else will listen to you? They are finding value and getting something from a phone that they're not getting from the communication that they have with you. And so you've got to figure out what that is and say, okay, whatever they're getting, I want to provide that. And some of it you can't because it's connection with people. You know, the other about communicating, you can do something about that. So make a deliberate effort to cut back on all your correcting, take a Sabbath, sit down and ask thoughtful, open-ended questions, and then listen to their answer. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.